Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, we continue our Sizzle and Summer webinars. Today, Jeff shares the virtual stage with the Live Unreal company's manager of operations, Taylor Kerrigan. They share how she paved her way from starting as a marketing assistant at the company to now head of operations. Let's hear from Jeff and Taylor. Welcome everybody, Jeff Glover here with Glover U, and we've got an extra special one for today. As you know, on Monday, we kicked off our six-part series summer sizzling webinars. And of course, we pick the greatest topics that are relevant to what's happening right now in the market, in the industry, in your sales business. And so we've got a whole slew of webinars to get to. If you haven't had a chance to check out the rest of them, make sure you go to gloveru.com forward slash webinar. They're all there. If you miss Mondays, the recording is there as well. Today's is extra special because this is the first time, um, quite honestly, maybe even ever where Taylor Kerrigan and I have a chance to get into a deep dive discussion about uh, the success of an executive assistant who eventually becomes an assistant executive. And so this particular webinar is a lot about operations. Uh, it's a lot about company growth. And, and um, you know, it's not just the, the typical, a lot of people think when they, you know, see the, the description of an operations or an administrative webinar that it's all going to be customer service oriented. And although we're going to talk a bit about that, because we had to go through a lot to get to where we are today, we're also going to dive deep into how our how we go from coming up with ideas to implementing ideas to expanding on those ideas to expanding on those ideas in a greater way. And so super excited to share the virtual stage today, if you will, with Taylor Kerrigan. And we'll get to her introduction in just a second. But before we do, I know every single one of these webinars, we have about 20 to 25% of our attendees on for the very first time. So if you are joining us for the very first time, please go ahead and raise your hand in the comments, throw something in there, say, hey, my first time, let us know where you're chiming in from, uh, your city and state. Of course, we love to see people from all over North America chiming in for these. So go ahead and throw those into the comments so we can see who's on for the very first time. Now, and for those of you, if you're not on for the first time and it's your second or your third or your your 30th or your 100th, that's fine too. Feel free to let us know where you're coming at today, your city and state. Drop those in the comments so we can see those come through. Thank you for that. Okay. So before we jump into today's discussion, welcome. I see them all coming in. Awesome. Awesome. North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Ohio, North Carolina, Michigan, Virginia. Love it. Love seeing them. Indiana. There we go. Connecticut's in the house. Love it. All right. Cool. Arizona, West Coast. All right. So for those of you that are here for the first time, I'm going to share for the next probably three minutes where you can find additional resources at no additional cost. For those of you who have been on this before, bear with me for the next three to five minutes while we get through this. Because I know every time, especially if you've been on before, Jeff, let's just get to the meat and potatoes. So let me get this out of the way for our first timers. And we will jump into today's topic because... I've got a lot of great questions to ask Ms. Kerrigan about how she is able to do all that she is able to do and implement all that we've been able to implement. So first things first, my name is Jeff Glover from Detroit, Michigan. I've been listing and selling real estate for almost 20 years now. Glover U has been in existence for two th- since 2017. 
We are a non-denominational coaching and training organization for agents from all companies, all brokerages, all franchise, independents, doesn't matter, uh, across North America. We've got close to 400 active clients at any given time. And of course, we put on two great events, uh, one in Traverse City, Michigan that just took place a few weeks ago, and the other one coming up in Orlando in January called the Live Unreal Summit. We're anticipating nearly a 1,000 attendees at that event. Want more information on that? Go to liveunrealsummit.com. Okay, let me share with you some free resources that you should be taking advantage of. So for those of you that are taking notes, whether it's on a Word document or a yellow pad, I want you to write these down, please. First thing I want you to write down is the word morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, morning. Next to the word morning, I want you to write 55444, 55444. Why am I having you write that? Well, I'm having you write that because Every day, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, five days a week, I share a message, something inspiring, something informative, something relating to the real estate business, something sales related, something growth related, something business related. I share something informative five days a week. Many times it's the exact same stuff I'm sharing with our team. And I'm taking those thoughts from whatever call we just had or whatever meeting we just had, and I'm putting them in writing and I'm sending them out in a text message. Sometimes they're a little different this week, and I probably should take this opportunity to thank everyone for your heartfelt messages, your condolences, things that you've sent. Uh, Obviously, you may have seen, for those of you that subscribe to the Daily Message or follow me online, uh, my father passed away this week, and, and so it's been a little bit of a different message this week, but I can tell you, for the most part, the messaging is always real estate sales and business related. Never a spam, right? We're not spamming you through that, that method. We have other methods to do that. So anyways, if you want to sign up for that, it's totally free. You message the word, text message, the word morning to 55444. That's a phone number. It's five digits. It works. So you just open up your text messages like you were texting a new friend, type in the number 55444. And in the body of your message, one word, morning. Hit send automatic. You'll be signed up for that. And that's a daily message five days per week. That phone number again was 55444. Well, you have your phone in your hand. After you do that, do me a favor, open up your Facebook app. I know many of you are already a part of the inner circle, but we always have a large portion of any webinar that is not. How do I know that? Because we see a flurry of requests come in after any webinar that we put on like this. While you have your phone in your hand, open up your Facebook app. And in the top right-hand corner, there's going to be a magnifying glass. Click on that magnifying glass, and you're going to type in Glover space, the letter U, space inner circle, Glover U inner circle. That is a free Facebook group. We put all of our resources in that one spot, videos, text messages, uh, things that we're working on, uh, systems, marketing, technology, people looking for role-play partners. Uh, A lot of stuff goes into that group, a lot of inspiring stuff, not just from us, but from a lot of our clients around North America. That's called the Glover U Inner Circle Facebook group. It's totally free. While you're in there, it's going to ask if you want to subscribe to our monthly, or I'm sorry, our quarterly newsletter. It's called the Glover Gazette. It's a 45, 50 pages of real estate business sales related information. We produce about 35,000 copies of these quarterly, and we send them out to top producers around North America. 
So when it's asking you if you'd like to subscribe to our quarterly publication, this is what it's referring to. It is a physical magazine that we ship out to you in the mail absolutely free. That's on us. I've already seen our first one getting started, and it looks great from what I can tell. Or our next one, sorry, our first one. We've been doing this for years. Our next one getting started, and it looks great from what I can tell. All right, last but not least in terms of free resources, then we're getting to the good stuff. For those of you that follow or listen to podcasts, we have a podcast. If you're not familiar with it, it's called the Live Unreal Podcast, L-I-V-E-U-N-R-E-A-L. We could go on for hours about why we call it that. That's for a whole nother webinar, uh, or maybe you'll pick up on that a little bit today. But once or sometimes twice a week, we are dropping real estate sales and business information on that. I recommend everyone should listen to, if you're a podcast listener, there's five days a week five different podcasts a week. And I would encourage you to include ours. We've got nearly 100,000 downloads already. And we share literally everything we're doing. By the way, speaking of everything we're doing, why are we qualified to stand in front of you? Well, between Taylor and I, and of course, all of our leaders and all of our agents, we are running some pretty successful businesses, including my personal sales business, which is anywhere from 85 to 125 personal closings per year, which Taylor is very active in. And our team is doing anywhere from 900 to 1,000 transactions a year, plus other businesses that we've started or have acquired and are running. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But Live Unreal Podcast, if you want to learn more about that, if you listen to podcasts. Okay. Shifting gears. The main event. So Taylor, you started with me. Um, can you just take us back to like the, the first day? And I know that was probably what, eight years ago now. And um, to take us back to kind of the first week on the job, if you will. Yeah, uh, I started with you eight years ago, Josh. Um, you initially hired me as a marketing assistant. So at that time, I was going to college for marketing. And it seemed like a perfect job opportunity for me. Um, my mom was a real estate agent, so I kind of knew a little bit about the business. And because I was going to school for marketing, it made sense. Um, you know, I, I it allowed me to you know dabble more in that side of things, and I felt comfortable knowing real estate already. And so, you initially brought me in under that position, and you know, basically told me, okay, you know, help us build some marketing. And so I started doing that, and I think what we ended up seeing, and you know, correct me if you think differently, but I really think it was probably six months in, seven months in that we started to identify what you needed was not a marketing assistant. You really actually needed an executive assistant. That's you know, right. at that time, how many units were you closing by yourself? I think you were around a hundred. Yeah, like I was, I was about a hundred. I had a, a, um, transaction coordinator and a listing manager for the team, but I did not have anyone else other than that in terms of, um, administrative staff helping with me, helping me with my personal transactions. Yeah. And so I kind of ended up falling into the executive assistant role. And I think that sometimes what ends up happening in real estate businesses is an agent thinks that this is who they need to hire. And so they go out and hire that person. But between you and I, that person will become whatever the business needs most, because that person will naturally start taking the job responsibilities of whatever needs to be filled in that company. And I think that that's what happened between you and I. And I ended up falling into that executive assistant role and um, you know, started helping you and keeping you accountable to your goals and helping you manage your clients and so forth. And I wasn't really doing transaction coordination at that point because I wasn't licensed. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, helping you stay on track with what clients who, where their house is and so forth. Yeah. And so well, and, and yeah. if you remember, the conversation at the time was okay. Um, you know, 
I need somebody to hold me accountable to my schedule. And would you agree with that actually kind of became part of the reason why we started to see growth in my sales business? Yes, absolutely. So if, if you remember in the early years, you and I used to sit in the front office and I would literally close the door and it would have that stop sign on it. And you know, you would be prospecting in front of me and I would be doing stuff on the computer. But my job was to hold you accountable to not getting distracted during your prospecting hours and making yeah. sure that you were lead generating. And you know, we didn't have agents coming in and out of the office asking you questions and so forth. So yes, you know, and that and in my personal opinion, there there's two key jobs to an executive assistant. The most important one is keeping your agent on task, you know, and making yeah. sure that they're they're staying committed to their goals. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. So I cut you off when I asked you about, you know, your role as keeping me on schedule, which in turn led to me producing more. What were, what were you saying before that? Or I threw you off. Sorry. No, that's okay. So basically, uh, you know, my, my job became being your executive assistant and keeping you on task. But then because we were doing such a good job of that, we had so much business coming in that mm-hmm. our transaction coordinator just couldn't handle it, you know, yeah. by itself. And so I started then to fall into more of an executive assistant TC role. And then that's when I really actually started helping you with communicating with clients, you know, helping you negotiate deals and so forth. And so um, I think our full first year into doing that, you and I together closed what, like 225 deals together, you know, now, yes, we had a TC that was helping with paperwork, but as far as actual client communication, it was just you and I, and, you know, in one solid year, we did 225. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the peak. We got to 225 transactions and hovered around that zone for a couple of years. And um, around that time, we made the decision to actually take a step back in my personal production so we could expand into other areas, you know, related to real estate, which we're obviously going to get to that in a second. So talk to me about... And Jeff, just to interject really quick. And part of the reason why we also took a step back, and I think it's important for, you know, our listeners to know this, as we started to have this massive growth in the business, the people that we had on our bus with us, our other operations team, weren't necessarily having the same vision as you and I as to where we wanted the business to go and what we wanted our customer service to look like and so forth. And so yeah. we were kind of put in a difficult spot when our listing coordinator and our transaction coordinator literally put their resignation letters in on the same day. Yeah. And you know, I remember, I will always remember <laughs> what you said to me when you called me into your office to tell me, um, you basically said, okay, you know, they quit because of you. So you're going to do their job now. I mean, I was presented a little nicer than that, but yeah. sure. But no, it was, I mean, honestly, I say that jokingly, but it was beneficial because, because of me, because of, I was pushing you to do more. Because of the growth we were me, experiencing. Right, yeah. Because I was pushing the company to do better. That's not what they signed up for. And by the way, you know, no disrespect to them. I mean, that that's fine. They didn't sign up for that. And we respect that, right? Absolutely. I'm still close friends with both of them. And so, um, you know, basically at, at that point, I then became our transaction coordinator, our listing coordinator, and your executive assistant um, at a year where we were doing as a team, I think we were doing about 400 deals a year. And yeah. so I initially, you know, instantly had to jump into that role of managing all three. And so I think it's important for everyone to know that because I, for any of the ops people on this call, like I've done your job, I've done your job, you know, at 400 units a year, I know how difficult it is. I know how hard it is to provide customer service and still have to get through the day. Right. And so that's when you talk about taking a step back. Yes. We took a step back to grow the company and because we had to rehire the right people to get on the bus. Well, and if you remember early in those days, I would say things like, hey, Taylor, there's going to be a day where you will be leading the operations team. And 
in order to lead the operations team at a high level, you need to understand and know their jobs at a, at a deep level as well. So not only does that give you credibility from leading from, from an example standpoint, but it also puts you in a position to be able to train them. So you can talk, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's one of the first things that you ever taught me, Jeff, and I think it has stuck with me over these years. If you truthfully want to be a leader, you need to master the role first. And I think a lot of organizations make the mistake of just hiring that next person for that leadership position and not actually causing them to, you know, either work their way off or go in the life of that role for a while. And it, it shows in their, in their leadership. You know, you, it's very difficult to lead people if you don't know exactly what they're going through. I know my listing coordinator is at her, her um, most stressful time in the middle of summer. Am I going to give her another project during that time period? Probably not. I'm going to hold on to it until fall or winter. You know, so it it is extremely important that I went through that process. And because I was forced to do it, I was able to find the right people to then put in that position again that had the right quality traits, that had the same vision you and I were looking for because I knew exactly what I needed this time. You understood the position so well, you knew exactly the type of person that could do the job. Yep. So during that process, you were learning a ton. Can you talk about the the sponge method or the method that I used with you to make sure you understood the role well? Yeah. So everyone always asks me, how did you learn to speak like Jeff (laughs) so closely? And the answer is, honestly, I spent every day with him in his office. You know, you heard me say in the beginning that I would close the door and have him make prospecting calls. I, you know, I'm never going to be as good as you are (laughs) on the phones. Yet, I think if a seller randomly called in, I could convince them to work with us because I've heard you say it enough and have those scripts and have that dialogue. But over and above that, you know, when I had you communicate with clients or said, hey, I need you to call the Smiths and present A, B, and C, you did it in front of me. And what ended up happening is I heard how you answered their questions and I heard how you presented things. And I'd ask questions after the call and say, you know, okay, why did you say this? Or why would you say this versus this? Um, and, and from doing that enough for, I think it was probably like a solid year, you know, I was in there every single day with you. I ended up adapting all of that same language. And it's now to the point where I can talk as if I am you to a client and, you know, they may not even know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about um, when you came in to my office and it was a part of the sponge method. We had, we had a document that had five or six things on it that you knew for sure that we need to cover every single day. And that really accomplished two things. Not only did you learn from each one of those experiences, cause you sat and listened to every single, how I handled every single thing, but also what you indirectly did is by coming in to the office with a document prepared of everything that I need to do in these five categories, which we're going to share in a second, you actually allowed me to not think, to not let that take up space in my brain. So that way I would be more effective on those calls. So that way I would be more effective when I was doing my prospecting or my lead follow-up. So you actually removed a little bit of stress, anxiety, brain space, if you will, because I didn't really have to think about what was going on with problems with deals because I knew you were going to bring it to me and it would be well presented and you would sit in front of me and we'd have a conversation before I'd make the call. And then when I make the call, you were there listening to how I made the call. So can we talk a little bit about what that document is and why you would recommend that anyone hiring an executive assistant or executive assistants watching this would maybe consider using this method? 
Yeah. And I think also what's important is every single day we had a scheduled meeting time that we went over that document and it was treated just like an appointment. Nothing came before doing that. And what, what we ended up doing is you would prospect, you know, you'd get in the office at 730, you'd prospect from eight until nine, and I'd be sitting in front of you during that time. And during that time, I was on my laptop creating everything that needed to go on the sheet for that mm-hmm. meeting. And then we would meet immediately thereafter and go through it. And so I used that time to get everything ready. And then at the same time, hold you accountable to your prospecting goals. And by the way, step, and we're going to get to this. I know you might be wondering, why would you have your executive assistant sit across from you when you're prospecting? Well, because if you want your executive assistant to help you generate leads or follow up on leads, then they need to learn that skill as well. And that was 100% the reason. Now, granted, she was only listening with one ear because in the other, she's preparing for our nine o'clock meeting, but you were very in tune to my prospecting calls and my lead follow-up. So you knew how to handle those calls when it came time to for me to say, hey, I'm on an appointment. Can you follow up with this person? Correct. Yeah. So the things we used to cover on that sheet of paper, you know, basically we used to start with like, I don't want to say upset clients, but it, it was upset clients, you know, who, who is waiting to hear back from us or, you know, who urgent, knows, urgent calls, urgent, basically yeah. like, like step one was correct. Yeah. Um, after that were new clients. So like if a new seller called in and maybe I didn't set the appointment or you needed to talk to them first or whatever, that was second most important. Yep. Third after that was lead follow-up. So again, if for some reason I didn't, you know, do the lead follow-up myself, it was a, a call. So the first was urgent calls. You know, let's face it, no matter how great your customer service is, you're going to have urgent calls or, or issues with clients. So get that out of the way first. Next was new calls, meaning leads that I hadn't spoken to yet, but it would be wise for me to call them to try to convert them. Third was lead follow-up, meaning people I had already had a conversation with and I was scheduled to follow up with them on that day, which obviously you managed and kept track of that. And then the fourth one, and I want to talk about why this is the fourth one, was offers to present. Offers. You know, and then number five was was miscellaneous. You know, maybe I needed to ask Jeff about, you know, something going on in the office or whatever. But I think it's extremely important. Those urgent calls are not a seller who's, you know, waiting for their offers to be presented. An urgent client is someone who, you know, maybe is closing at three o'clock today and we have to go over their final numbers with them really quick or something like that. That's Mm -hmm. something that goes under urgent. Your offers to present, it comes forth on the list for a reason because that offer in most cases isn't going anywhere, but that new seller could and that lead follow-up could. And so that's why we kind of ranked it in order of importance and went through it, you know, in that realm. By the way, you may remember it was offers to present slash price reductions because back in the day, you know, if you had a lot of lists, first of all, back in the day, believe it or not, uh, listings, not all listings sold. You actually had to get, I know it's going to be foreign to some of you, but you had to get what's called price reductions to reduce some of these listings. And so the form has probably morphed through the years, but I actually remember it originally coming out as offers to present slash price reductions because <laughs> theory, if I don't have offers to present, then I have listings that are sitting, right? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And so we went through that and that usually took about an hour and it was a good opportunity for me too, to let you know, Hey, you know, this deal's here, this deal's there, you know, and, and keep you up to date if for some reason a client was going to call you. But and I know we'll talk about this later. We essentially trained them that I was their first line of defense and yeah. then they would call you. But if for some reason that they did, you still had an idea of where each of those clients were. Yeah. 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 You really knew 
what was happening with my deals at any given time, probably in many cases, more than what I knew. And that was a good thing for me to keep my head clear so I could focus on always getting new business, right? Taylor is behind the scenes maintaining or managing. And of course, I'm involved. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm obviously calling clients and she's sitting down and putting this piece of paper in front of me. But I never had to think or worry about that. All I had to worry about was where was my next lead coming from? Where was my next listing coming from? What appointments do I have today? Right? Yep. Awesome. So can you talk a little bit about... um you know, from there, how that actually helped improve our customer service, not just with me personally, but also with our team. Because obviously, until that point, there was not a real organized method of me doing all of that stuff. It was just kind of when I thought about it or when, you know, somebody said, oh, so-and-so called in, they're wondering why they haven't had any showings, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So basically, we were at a point in the organization where, you know, I had been your executive assistant for a year, year and a half, you know, and then I fell into the other roles. And when I did, I quickly saw where the most amount of calls were coming from clients. I constantly had people calling, hey, when's my listing going to be active? Hey, I'm looking for feedback. Hey, you know, uh, we had a showing, you know, and it said they were submitting an offer. When are we going to get, you know, all of those things that are reasons why clients call. So I was so freaking busy that I started thinking, how can I make it so these people stop calling me? And so I literally just got in the mindset of, okay, well, if I call them or reach out to them first, well, then I'm in control of the conversation and I'm in control of when it happens to where I don't have to constantly be reactive to answering my phone. Keep in mind, that was 100 personal clients I was working with of yours, plus having to you know, transact or list sure. 300 other units that year. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was more so of like, how can I get my time back? And so that's when we came up with that saying that is now my model for life of what can I do so a client never calls me first. And so that- What can I do so a client never calls me first? In other words, how can I get in front of it? How can I beat them to that call or that reach out? Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'll say my my one biggest bit of advice of anyone who's looking to be successful in an organization is do whatever you can to become more proactive versus reactive. And that was the mindset that I had to get myself in when I was trying to juggle all of these different positions of how could I get in front of this before it becomes a problem. And so what we literally started doing at that point was mapping out every step of the transaction. And then what I would do is draw a line in front of it and draw like what my touch point was to them to let them know, you know, what was going to happen before they even knew it. And so that's how things like the What Happens Next book and all of these things that we've introduced throughout the years came from. But it was more so of like, how can I send them a quick email or drop a quick phone call? You know, slide broadcast was my favorite thing back then to where I could leave them a voicemail and let them know, you know, and and keep them aware of the situation so they never had to call me. And that really, honestly, that whole mindset of calling your client before they're calling you is what led us to better customer service because we're always on top of it. And they never felt like they had to chase us for something because we did it before we even asked. And because because we got results with that, it kind of became the thing we did at the end of the year. Each year we looked at what can we implement? What can we change? What can we add? What, what system, what idea, what email, what, whatever, so that the client never calls us first, which of course then leads to positive reviews and referrals and all that other good stuff. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So can you talk to a, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask the, um, speaking of the customer service calls themselves, right? Regardless whether you're being proactive or reactive, and I love what you said about being proactive, um, 
the three parts of a typical client call. And I want you to share this, not just for, because I know we have a lot of operations and administrative uh, folks that are on this, either listening to this or, or on this live or whatever, but also from a standpoint, from a real estate agent's perspective, who's watching this and maybe they've got a large team or maybe they're getting ready to hire their first assistant. Why is this call model that you use effective? And can you share with us the, the three parts of a phone call? Honestly, it's, it's, I now have adapted this model to every phone conversation that I have in business. So, you know, I know we'll talk in a little bit about, you know, now what does this look like in the other organizations that you and I manage? But in this specific instance with working with a client, if you follow this three-point system to every phone conversation, this is how you stay in control of your time. And, you know, I know I talked about one of the things is like, now your current clientele, Jeff, and I don't even know if you know this or not. When I lay out my time block for the day, it only is 60 minutes of working with your clients every single day. And then for the rest of the day, I don't think about them again until the next day. And I have the ability to do that because of this three-part conversation that I have with them. Sounds like I don't have enough clients then. No, you just have a very highly efficient executive. There we go. I know, I'm being silly. So what are the three parts? Okay, so part number one, um, here's what happened. Part number two, and I'll use this as an example in a second. Part number two, here's what's happening. And part number three, here's the next time you're going to hear from me. Here's what happened. Here's what's happening now. And here's the next time you'll hear from me. Yep. So I had this call this morning with your clients on Bailey. Um, You know, hey, Tom, this is Taylor with Jeff Glover's office. Jeff asked me to give you a call. Um, As you know, the appraisal happened yesterday on the property. And at this point, we really expect the results to come back within the next seven to 10 business days. So at this point, now Jeff is going to start reaching out to the lender every single day and asking them for an update on the appraisal results. So the next time you're going to hear from us is probably in about four or five days when we get closer to hitting that deadline of receiving those results. And we'll keep you updated and let you know as soon as we get them. At that time, you know, uh, Jeff or I will go over with you kind of what happens next with dealing with those results. And we'll talk about what closing looks like from now until the closing point. Do you have any questions for me at this point? So now because I did that, you know, I reiterated what already happened yesterday. I told them what we're doing for you right now. And then I already set the stone of don't expect to hear from me for another 45 days when we get the results. So then they're not wondering for the next four days, where did Taylor go? Where did Jeff go? You know, they, they know that we're doing stuff in the background, which, you know, between you and I, just not calling the lender every single day. I'm reaching out to the lender. But, you know, they don't know that. They I, I made sure I used your name three or four times in that phone conversation. And they know that you're on it. Yep. Um, while we're on it, why is it important to use my name three or four times on the conversation? Multiple reasons. Uh, for There's multiple benefits for the agent. There's multiple benefits for the assistant. And it took me a long time to learn this. And it is without a doubt one of the reasons for our success. Benefit for the agent, obviously they hired you, right? They want to hear from you. So you so let's, just re- let's just back up for a second before you share. We're talking about the operations team member, the executive assistant, anyone in the operations or administrative team using the agent's name often. Uh, you know, almost two to three times per call, right? So, you know, and and I know Taylor will give you some examples, but that is a a hard thing for a lot of people because I get it, right? Especially if you're an operations person on here, you get value out of knowing that you took care of a client. You get value out of knowing the client is happy because of something you or your team did. The challenge is, is that you can't take the credit for it, even when it was your responsibility. 
And Taylor will share with us why that is. The agent's benefit as to why we need to constantly do that, right, is because the client hired that agent and, you know, they need to feel that they're involved in the transaction. And you are involved in the transaction. You are involved in training me. You're putting your trust in me that, you know, I'm doing my job. The, the biggest benefit for the assistant is when I do that and I say, hey, you know, we received an offer on your property this morning. I just got out of a meeting with Jeff. You know, the offer came in at 200. I know we're listed at 225. He thinks we need to go back at 217. You know, and he thinks that if we get it back at 217, we've got a better chance of getting 215. You know, they don't give me pushback. We've learned throughout the years as we've had other executive assistants that when they say like, eh, I think you really need to go back at 217, what ends up happening? They say, okay, have Jeff call me. Well, if I just told you, I just got out of a meeting with Jeff and this is what he thinks that you should do. Do you think they're going to ask me to have Jeff call them? No. Why? I just told you what Jeff wants, you know, and it, and it really helps as far as like a confidence builder goes and having those conversations and taking control of the conversation by using your name. And then it, you know, kind of makes you the bad guy. I'm the good cop. You're the bad cop. So I just got out of a meeting with Jeff. I just got off the phone with Jeff. I just talked to Jeff. I just got an email from Jeff. Everything is you just got blank. Mm -hmm. So that now, okay, well, what does he or she have to say, right? It opens them up to receiving essentially what you're about to say. Correct. Yeah. And that honestly, that has big, the biggest thing um, as far as client communication goes it is using your name multiple times. It makes it so much easier for me to do my yeah. job. And it has increased and improved our customer service. And would you would you agree with this statement? Um, and I know I've been tough on you and tough on some of our staff through the years. If they ask me to call them, then that means you haven't done your job. That means, and, and if that happens regularly, then we have a problem. From time to time, that's fair. I understand that some clients are tough. Some clients don't want to deal with the assistant or the right hand or whatever. But if it's a regular thing, then that means you're failing at your role. And that is a, com a hard conversation we're going to have to have. Absolutely. So what is the benefit then to the assistant and, and the rest of the business by using the, the agent's name often? Well, I mean, we saw it. We went through a dip in our, our business when we, you know, had an executive assistant that wasn't using I, you know, and the customer service tanked. And when the customer service tanks, then your return as far as past client referrals and stuff like that tanks. Well, yeah. if the business isn't getting more business, then I'm sorry, what like why are we here? Right. Yeah. If the business is growing, there's going to be more opportunities available for me as your yeah. executive assistant. So I always should be pushing you to do more yeah. and to get more referrals and so forth. So watch this thought and, and don't get mad. It's real. Um, we had such an amazing job with Taylor and, and Jeff's company. We were so excited to work with Jeff's company and work with Taylor. Whenever there's a review, and this is a true story, if there's a review and sometimes Taylor will come to me ahead of time, hey, you're going to see this review and here's why I think it happened. If they are constantly talking about the assistant or the operations person and rating five stars, you might even be thinking, that's great. What's the problem? They gave five stars. The problem is they may have enjoyed their experience, but they're going to be less likely to refer you. They're going to be less likely to say, you got to go with Jeff, you know, his, his process and his office and everything is amazing, right? Instead, they're going to say, well, we hired Jeff, we got his assistant and it all worked out well. All right. That doesn't sound appealing to a family member or friend who's asking them about their experience. Can you add to that or comment on that, Taylor? Yeah. When I get one that says my name, I have to run and tell you, I'm sorry. These are my best friends <laughs> that sold their house with us. That's why she used my name. But 
No, I think, you know, it's my goal with every transaction to put you on a pedestal to the client. And I think, and and it's your job to also obviously put me on a pedestal to them. You know, hey, Taylor's in the office all day. She's available to answer your questions. But if you can't do that, if I don't do my part of putting you on the pedestal of, listen, you don't want me to negotiate that, you know, honestly, I'll say sometimes in phone calls to a client, I know very well what you would say, but I'm, I actually will say, you know what? I'm not necessarily sure what Jeff would do in this case. And I, I really want to review it with him first. Let me go and grab him and I'll give you a call back. And I just wait five minutes yep. and then I'll call him again and say what I would think you would say because I've been around you for so long. That's right. Yeah. So I think and by the way, for those that are thinking, well, I haven't been around my agent or they haven't let me sit across and shadow them as much as you guys did. Well, then fine. You go get the answer and then you call back and you make sure you use that same language. Just got off the call with, just got out of a meeting with, right? Yeah. And I see Kate chiming in here, which the other Glover you who's commenting, that's Kate Simon, our head coach. You know, it, it is the leader's job. It is the lead agent's job to give that executive assistant the recognition, right? Because they're basically signing off at this point that they're going to take their ego out of it and say, hey, I'm going to put you on the pedestal. It's Jeff's responsibility that, you know, behind the scenes, obviously, you know, he gives me recognition. Hey, good job on that deal. I know that they were, you know, extremely difficult. You know, here's a bonus or whatever it is. And little things like that just every so often to where it's not expected on every single deal that you show your appreciation for them. Yep. Because they really, you know, they really are taking the, the brunt of that client communication. Yeah. Awesome. Shifting gears just a little bit, Taylor, and feel free. We can go back to the customer service if you want. I'm just being mindful of our time. Um, I made it a point early on to get you involved in lead generation and lead follow-up. And not from a standpoint of, I need you to make 20 contacts a day and I need you to generate X amount of leads. But I made it a point to make sure you understood that one of your roles is to help the company grow. And before we're ready to grow the company, step one is helping us generate leads. So can you talk to us a little bit about how, how you and operations people that you've coached are able to generate leads for their team or for their brokerage? Yeah. And this is over and above referrals, right? I'm actually not even going to like referrals is part of the lead generation. And then your executive assistant should be bringing leads to the business from their sphere and so forth. If you're not, that's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, but it, you gave me pretty much three goals every single like two weeks that I had to hit. And I think that this was extremely important for my leadership growth throughout the years because it started to become ownership of the growth of the company. And you, 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 what I mean by that is like you put it on me that if the company is going to grow, then I need to be doing these things every two weeks. Yep. One, um, what is something that we can do that creates a new lead generation opportunity for our, our agents? You know, how can we basically create a lead this week? Yeah. So what, what is out there that we're not doing that you're either aware of or that you can go find? How can we bring in more leads? This is the common misconception. That does not have to be going and getting a new lead source. It could be fixing the Zillow profile so that way it's more impressive. It could be in your Facebook profile. Like yep. there are all things like that. that or are redoing our expired mailer to get better results yeah. with it or whatever. Yeah. We yeah. buy these stuff. So that's number one. Number two, um, what is something that we can do this week to improve the customer's experience? So a buyer or seller's experience, yeah. whether it's another touch point, whether it's changing something, you know, the way that we do something, whether it's removing a staff, whatever it is, you know, what can we do to improve that? Because if yeah. you're doing that every single week, naturally your, your business should, should feel that. Correct. Because you're aware of it, right? Like the first step is just being aware of it, thinking about it. 
And then because I was in the director of operations role, number three is what is something I can do this week that improves the lives of our agents? Bingo. Because obviously you need to consistently be pouring into the people on your team. And you basically put that on me that it was my job to constantly be thinking of them and what I could be doing to make their life easier. And I think that what happens in a lot of operational roles is you kind of have like the operations versus the admin where like the admin feels like they're getting all of the work from the or from the sales team. And that's not the mindset that you should have. It's what can these operations people do to make the lives of these people easier? If we don't have these people, we don't have a business. Number one question. I still ask it today, every year, uh, sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly. What can we do to make the lives of our agents easier? All right. It's not always about just making more money. It could be about making more money, but also how can we do it while making their lives easier? So can you repeat those three again? Uh, what is a new opportunity that we could get a lead from today? Like or how can we extract more leads from a current source? Yeah. Uh, number two, what is something I can do this week that improves the uh, experience of a client? Yep, and the customer is- experience. Yep. And what is something I can do this week that improves the lives of our agents? Of our agents. Love it. Awesome. Uh, shifting gears a little bit. We've talked a lot about, you know, my personal production and how we work together. I, wa- I now want to talk about, because I know we have a lot of people on who are involved in helping their companies grow. And, you know, a lot of people are like, how do you, how do you manage all that? How do you do it all? So how in your mind, were you able to help me maintain a sales business that even though, you know, I'm not at 225 a year now, but I'm still at between 80 and 120 sales per year. So how are you still able to manage that Obviously, you've got great people behind the scenes that are helping you, listing manager, closing coordinator, so forth. How are you able to manage my personal business and also now do what you do for you know the other live on real businesses, Glover U, Tidalocity, the market centers, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I actually want to take a step back really quick. What is extremely important is if you are an agent listening to this and you have a talented executive assistant who you want to basically mold into your assistant executive as they continue to grow in their role, you have to make sure that you cast a vision so big that their vision fits underneath yours. And so I think one of the best things that Which you- by the way, is something that I learned from Gary Keller, you know, one of my original mentors. Yeah. So I think, Jeff, you did a really, and, and the, I'll explain why I feel this way, because you did a really good job of always prepping me for what's next and like getting me to work towards a goal so I could get to what's next. And because I did that, then I was more focused in growing the leaders underneath me. You know, I went out and hired Taylor Cornfield to replace me as the director of operations. I knew I couldn't move on to a new opportunity until yeah. I heard my replacement and made sure that she was better than I was in the role. Yeah. You know, and, and she- it was always, I always put that on you, right? That wasn't my job. And, and I know, again, we've got everything from operations level all the way up to lead agents running large teams on uh, it. Now, once you pass the baton on operations, you have passed that baton. You are out, Correct. right? That doesn't mean that I don't know the, the Right. There was never a time that I said, Jeff, I need you, I need your help with our listing coordinator. I knew that that fell on me and I was responsible that. for that. Yeah. And so I think one of the best things you did is you put me in a position that I was always wanting what's next. And I wanted to challenge myself again. And so that's what caused me to want to hit that goal. If you create a world where it's just, hey, we're just going to do these deals every single year and there's not going to be anything that we grow to and you're never going to really achieve your unreal life you're going to have a stagnant business. You know, we really took our business. With turnover, a stagnant business with turnover. Correct, yeah. So I want to- to People won't stay. Yeah, I want to touch base on that first because I think that that is extremely important. It's not like we woke up one day and said, hey, we're going to build 13 businesses, right? 
you know, and so now basically just a little snapshot into what my, my life looks like now. I have an amazing director of operations at JGA. She basically oversees, you know, all of uh, our agents here. She's going on maternity leave next month. So I get that job back for, for two months. So that will be fun. But um, mainly my, my focus now is I still assist you with, you know, your hundred clients every single year. I think it is extremely important. You said in the beginning of this webinar, we are coaches that are on the ground with you. I don't believe I can effectively coach operations unless I am in the operation myself. Yeah. And so I will always hold on to that. As long as you're still selling real estate, I'm still going to be helping you with it, regardless of where I am. I think it's extremely important. And so I still do that. And I also oversee with you, you know, 13 businesses that, that you manage. And there's some that I'm more involved in than others, but it's both of our responsibilities to make sure that all of those businesses are moving forward month after month. And yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult. Yes, my days are busy, but you heard me say in the beginning, there's a couple of years ago, I made a mind shift to becoming a proactive person versus a reactive. And if you follow the things that we coach you on, you follow the things that we train you on, you too get in that proactive mindset. Yeah. So now what's super cool, and I think this is a good time to bring it up. And I don't know if you have one laying around your desk there. Uh, she's not in any sort of studio. She's actually at her office, but- You knocked that- all of my papers, guys. Before this happened, Jeff literally took my desk and went like this. And all of my papers are scattered on the floor, which you can imagine right. for a high C, I'm freaking out. So no, I don't yeah. know where it's Jeff. So what I'm getting at is instead of having this document, which we still use, by the way, now there's an additional document which almost mimics those five, but instead of those, in terms of the look, it's got, uh, you know, the, the word or phrase and then a bunch of lines where she would make notes. Now it's got the logo essentially of each organization and a bunch of lines next to that. And so we meet on Monday mornings and it is a front and back piece of paper of all the businesses and what needs to be accomplished in each. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So just like every single morning we used to meet, you know, to discuss your clients. Now we've gotten to a point where, you know, I pretty much know I just bring problem clients to you at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, you know, it's, it's you and I that go through this list every single Monday and we go through every single business and I write down things that, Hey, Jeff, this was on our one, three, five. It's now June. You know, we haven't done it yet. Let's talk about it. Um, you know, we, we need to, you know, focus on, on, you know, this task that we're crossing off or, Hey, you know, we're supposed to have a leadership meeting for Titleocity, you know, can we get, you know, and basically all of these different conversations that, you know, we need to have on each of the businesses to make sure that we're moving it forward. Yeah. And so that is something that we do on a regular basis, which I encourage no matter where your operations uh, person or executive assistant level is if you're looking to add another revenue stream or add another road uh, in the highway, as as Matt Sutter would call it, that is when that conversation becomes necessary because now you have to be consciously aware of all the businesses essentially all the time. Or what starts to happen is some get more attention and love over others. And by the way, that is a normal part of business. That is That does happen to some degree, right? If you've got an established business and you're doing a startup, there's no doubt. The startup is going to take more of your time than the established business. But something we've learned a long, long time ago and something Matt Sutter talks about is you don't move on from this established business to your startup until you have key people in place that are going to keep the wheels on the tracks for you. Would you agree with that, Taylor? I do agree with that. And I think that now, you know, someone asked the question of like, how, how do we actually manage multiple businesses at a high level and not forget about one, right? 
are one, it goes back to that list. So we can't like a business can't hide. Basically, when I come to that meeting to you on Mondays, you tell me that I have to have something that I'm accomplishing that week for every single business. And if I have a blank next to one of those companies, you're basically asking me why, you know, why aren't I doing anything with that? And yes, you know, maybe on Glover U, you know, Summit Weeks, we know that I have to spend a little bit more time there and we make up for that throughout the year. But every single week, we are doing something to push that business forward. And that's now what you hold me accountable to. So you guys heard me say before the three things that Jeff used to hold me accountable to. Now he holds me accountable to that in every single one of those businesses. And that's my responsibility to make sure that we're doing that. And by the way, it's not necessarily me implementing each of those things. You know, what can we do to lead generate? What can we do to improve customer experience? What can we do to improve agent experience? I still have those same goals, but now I am reporting back to that leader of that organization and saying, okay, I just got out of a meeting with Jeff. You know, what are we doing this week to create a new opportunity for our salespeople at Titleosity? Let's brainstorm it. And now I'm sitting down with that person. And so now it's gone to where I've maybe constantly been the implementer for every single, you know, everything in the past. Now I have implementers underneath me that I have to hold them accountable to. And so it's that same conversation. But I think it is extremely important to tie it back to, you heard how we did this in the real estate business. And because we mastered it there, that is the only reason why we can now do this in this other in these other businesses to this high level, because we mastered it previously. So if I'm watching this or listening to this later, because of course we'll share this on the podcast as well, um, my number one question would be, how do you balance it all, right? Like what is the, the number one thing that that you believe puts you in a position and to have not just the bandwidth, but also to stay organized and on top of all of these obligations? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not sexy. It's, you know, working off of that, that list throughout the week. You know, I've got a stack of papers over here, but it's at the forefront for me. Every single day, I start my day off with looking at the list and saying, okay, it's now Wednesday and I haven't done anything, you know, with, with continued closings yet. You know, what do I need to be working on? And so then what I do is every morning, and usually I actually do it the night before, but I actually have it sitting right next to me. I am like fanatical with my time and my time blocking to where every 30 minutes I'm changing what I'm doing. And that came from I was so every 30 minutes, like from eight until five or to tell, you know, yeah. share more about eight that. Until five, yeah. Eight until five. If you look on here, every 30 minutes is blocked out and I write down exactly what I'm supposed to be doing during this time. So I have nine more minutes with you, Jeff, and then I have to move on to my next business that I have to work on later today. And like literally in my mind at one o'clock today, I will flip that switch. And I will move on to working on something for Titleocity because I am focused on them during that 30 minutes, not anything else. And I think that, you know, that has taken a lot of discipline throughout the years of being able to only focus on that one company or that one obligation during that time. And it it comes from time blocking. It comes from being fanatical with your time. And honestly, knowing what my, you know, my dollar per hour is where if I'm not effective at my highest level between nine and five, a business is going to suffer because of it and holding myself accountable to that. Yeah. Speaking of business suffering, I know we have a lot of people on here that, you know, and I hear it all the time. Uh, In fact, we heard it from one of our associates in today's 10 a.m. meeting. Oh, I'm I'm ready to start, you know, learning about passive income and and starting a, a business in this department or moving over here and and adding this, you know, thing to my business. Um, when you look at live on real companies and and the organizations under that umbrella, you know, the common question we get is, all right, well, what's next for you guys? What would you respond to that? Honestly, uh, and and Kate's asking this question in the chat too. How do you know if it's too soon to take on a new business? 
What's next for Live Unreal is making these businesses as successful as possible. These businesses did not come until JGA was operating at its highest level to where we could remove ourselves for half the day or three-fourths of the day, and it still moved without us. If you're not at a point to where you can take yourself out of 50 or 75% of your business, then you're not ready to get another, you know, highway at, as Matt would say. Adding a lane, right. So if you, if you can't remove yourself for, for minimum of 50% of the day you're to go start something else or work on another project or work on passive income, if, if, because what happens is you say, well, yeah, if I remove 50% of my time, if you're thinking you're going to lose 30, 40, 50% of your income, do the math on that. And then, okay, well, I can't afford that because I still have to pay A, B, C, D, E, then you're not ready, right? Until when you look at what it's going to cost you, because the reality is when you make the decision to step away, initially, it's going to cost you, right? There's going to be an expense to that, lower profits, whatever, a a higher salary because you have to hire someone uh, impressive to come in and help you run it. There's going to be an expense to moving on to something else. If you're in a position to be able to afford that expense or what I would even say a setback, if you're in a position to afford a setback right now and you're passionate about another business or another highway lane, then that's when it would make sense. Would you agree with that, Taylor? Absolutely. So to answer the question of like what's next for Live Unreal, it's getting these current businesses, you know, to, to their their ceiling of where I can, you know, basically what we look at is with JGA is it got to the point where I hired my replacement with Taylor and I could be gone for half the day that yep. you know, I could go and focus on another business. And it's getting now each of those other businesses to that same point. So fortunately, there's not a new company coming out on this webinar, but it's making the ones that we currently have, you know, making the leaders the best possible people that they can be. Sure. Uh, and, and running it to the highest level. So I've got two more things that I, I want to talk about. And for those that you're kind of watching the clock, hopefully you've got a few minutes to stay extra with us because uh, I'm, I'm gathering that to some degree, this has been helpful. And if it's been helpful, let us know, throw, give us some feedback, throw your comments in a chat, raise your hand and say, yep, this has been helpful. Why? Because we will continue to do these, right? Taylor and I only get on stage together once, you know, a year, once every other year. And generally speaking, she's not always involved in the webinar process because she's very much behind the scenes. So let us know if this has been providing you with some value. Answer, you know, let us know. Kate's in the chat and most likely can answer it too. Good. So uh, last question before, and I know there's going to be a unique opportunity to work with you, uh, which I'm sure people are wondering like, hey, how do I work with Taylor? How do I work with Taylor? Um, Can you just spend like 90 seconds or less on our Saturday morning sessions and why we chose Saturday mornings and what that looks like? Yeah. So I think Saturday mornings, honestly, is, is part of the key to the growth of our business. So we make a commitment that every single month, it does not matter what type of business you run, whether this is a real estate business or you're someone watching and you have five different businesses. Every Saturday, we are once every Saturday that we do this, we sit down for you know two, three hours. And the purpose of that meeting is solely brainstorming. It's pulling out the 135. Kate, Jeff, and I are actually doing it this Saturday. We're pulling out Glover Use 135 and we're holding ourselves accountable to what have we implemented so far? What commitments do we make to our clients? And how close are we to hitting those? You know, what else do we need to still implement? And basically deciding, okay, you know, did this make sense? You know, do we remove it now? You know, are we at a point where maybe it's not needed and we do X instead? 
you know, and essentially making sure that we're staying committed to our goals. And I think that we do it on a Saturday because we've tried to do it during the week before. And it's very difficult to do that when you still have clients calling, you've got appointments you've got to get to, you know, for the most part a Saturday morning from 10 until 12, we know that this, you know, there's nothing else that needs to go on during that time period. Yeah. And it l- allows us an open environment that we can brainstorm. The live on real formula that you hear us talk about all the time that was developed in the Saturday morning session where Kate went crazy and started writing on the wall. You know, those are all things that, you know, uh, come out of these meetings. And I really believe that the growth of our businesses is making that commitment to checking in with ourselves every single month and making sure that we stayed committed to what we outlined at the beginning of the year. So a monthly Saturday morning leadership brainstorming idea where you're not consumed with what's going on in the business. Yeah. And someone asked what a one, three, five is. One is your key goal for the year. Maybe it's sell a hundred homes. Your three is your three ways of achieving that. And the five are like the pillars that you're going, you know, to, to do, to hit that. Three ways or, or uh, the five and the five is action items under those three ways. Yeah. So Taylor, I know we've got something unique to share and uh, it's unique because you've been so busy with running the businesses behind the scenes. You have passed the baton to Taylor Cornfield to really work with our operations folks uh, in the capacity of, of helping them with their real estate teams or real estate brokerages. Well, you're stepping back in, uh, not because Taylor Cornfield is not doing a great job. In fact, she's doing an amazing job, but you're stepping back in because you are in a position to where you're able to take over a particular program for her while she's in um, uh, maternity leave. So can you talk about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, we talk about leaders never give their job back. I guess there's only one time that it's acceptable that you get the job back. And that's because Taylor's going on maternity leave. As much as I told her, can't you just have the baby and come back the next day? I guess it doesn't work that way. Um, we saw that with Kate. And so um, I'm essentially stepping back into the director of operations role for JGA for this time period. And that also means that our next operations mastery course is taught by me. And I basically told Taylor, uh, sorry, I guess you can't have any more kids because I'm not doing it again after that. And so this is the last time that I'll be taking everyone through the operations mastery course. It's something that we developed, what, Jeff, like five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we started laying out you know, the, the um, framework of what this course looks like and yep. developed it throughout the years as I learned things, as we added people, as things changed in the industry. Um, and so this course, really, it's not just for assistants, it's for agents. I know agents on this webinar, you know, who may chime in and say, yes, it 100% helped me in growing my business the right way. If you believe that you're currently running a business that maybe isn't customer service focused, or you feel like you're crazy and all over the place with your business, then this course is for you. Because not only do we teach you how to provide great customer service, but I'm showing you exactly what I do to service clients every single day. And it's taking me 16 to 90 minutes a day and we're selling a hundred homes. So, I mean, I hope we're doing something right. Yeah. So up, up until now, the last couple of courses have been attendees working with Taylor Cornfield uh, specifically on how to help them grow their real estate businesses and the operations of a real estate business. And this one's going to be a little bit unique because although you're spending a lot of time on the operations and administrative of a real estate business or real estate team, you're also going to be getting into how executive assistants or how operations team members can help the business grow, can help the business generate leads because of your experience in those other areas. So can you tell us a little bit about the program? 
Yeah. So if you're an executive assistant or you've got an operations team member that you want them to level up, I saw someone ask, you know, the question about where you found me. You didn't, you grew me, you know, throughout the years. This is a course that you should see a growth in whoever you put in it over the 16 week period. You know, we're not just talking about servicing customers. We're talking about, okay, if we do these things right, how is it a new lead generation tool? How can we bring in a new client? And if all of these things happen, well, that allows a growth for the business, which allows a growth for that person. So if you're running a business that you want to see a growth at the end of this year or, you know, going into 2022, this is a course that will allow you to lay the foundation the right way. Take all of the mistakes that Jeff and I learned throughout the last seven years, you know, and, and we will share all of those things with you and show you the right way that we learned. So a lot of people put their executive assistants through this program. A lot of people put their, you know, uh, administrative team through this program. But we also recommend, and and we love that, and we welcome that. Obviously, you know, I look at it like this. People ask us all the time, hey, if I hire an executive assistant, do you have a program to train them? This is that program. But I also believe there's a lot of value for a lead agent or an agent producing 30, 60, 100, 200, 500 homes a year to go through this as well. And the reason why I say that is because if you take this program once and you train your executive assistant, then no matter what the turnover of your organization, you'll always be able to train the next person. You won't necessarily have to constantly rely on us to train them for you. We'd love to train your people for life. Don't get me wrong. But ultimately, we recommend our high producers, our agents leading teams, also consider taking this or taking it alongside their executive assistant as well. So the program is 16 weeks. Can you tell us costs, all that stuff? Yeah, so it's um it's 16 weeks. It is $3.99 a month for four months. Um, I've got it here. So 16 weeks, $3.99 a month for four months. It starts August 24th. The classes are on Zoom with me. Um, as you can see, I'm you know super interactive with answering your questions and making sure that you get value out of it. You're seeing people comment in the chat. You know, this is one of the biggest things that helped them grow and change their business. Um, We go through a lot of different things, managing your schedule, turning your database into a data bank, doubling your online reviews, uh, the right way of hosting a client event, um, leveraging your operations role. There's a lot of things that we cover in this. um, And it's all stuff that we personally have done within the organization that has allowed us to become successful. So it's $3.99 a month just for four months. That's it. And it's 16 sessions. They're 45-minute Zooms, but knowing Taylor, she always stays on for another 5, 10, even up to 15 minutes after answering whatever questions you have. This isn't just a, you know, right now, this is pretty much a webinar because we've got a lot of people on. We keep these, by the way, to under 75 attendees, no more than 100, so that there can be some interaction and some questions and answers and going back and forth. So it's essentially 45 minutes of content plus 10 to 15 minutes of Q&A after that. And I would imagine based on, because you originally did these and then you passed the baton to Taylor Cornfield, I would imagine- I'm really excited to come back for just one more <laughs> because you know there, there's a lot that I want to share. You know, you know, We also have the opportunity, you're in a Facebook group with me, you know, that you can ask questions and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm super excited to be back and doing it. If, if you guys are interested in, in learning more about the program and talking to one of our coaching advocates, you just text operations to 55444. Um, you'll get a same, same number you texted morning to go yep. back to that. Can they just open that text message back up and now type operations in there, plural, right? Yep. I just put it in the chat. 
So you just check that. Yep. You'll get the flyer, which gives you all the information as to stuff that we'll cover, but you know. So there's no obligation to do that. You're just going to get the flyer with all the details and then they can decide from there. Correct. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You can ask any questions that you have. One of us will get back to you. Um, but I'm super excited for my last class. Yes, there you go. And it's one last opportunity to work with Taylor Kerrigan on the 16 modules. And if you've got an executive assistant or somebody in the operations team that you want to put them through this, we highly suggest it. Or if you want to take it yourself, text operations to 55444. Last thing before we go, because I know we have some some great brokers, some owners, some some lead agents. If I want to work with you one-on-one, there is an opportunity to do that as well. Obviously, we know that's a lot more expensive, but there is an opportunity to work with you on one-on-one through Elite. So can you just 90 seconds or less explain what that looks like? Elite Coaching is a coaching program that we offer that benefits both the lead agent and your lead admin. So there are, you know, there's a call every single week with the lead agent with one of our sales coaches or one of our business building coaches. And then the executive assistant or lead admin or whoever your right hand is, honestly, um, would have two calls a month with me as well. And they are one-on-one conversations where we are just focused on growing your business. You know, honestly, it's a lot of like me sharing how I'm able to accomplish what I do so that way I can push them to become better in their role. So if you have a right hand that you think just needs a little bit of a push, that's a great opportunity for them too, because, you know, it is one-on-one accountability with me that, that they're hitting their goals. So if, if group isn't for you and you want that one-on-one personalized approach, then that's called the elite coaching program. It's four sessions a month with you as the business owner, uh, with one of our business or sales coaches, depending on where you're at in your business. And then it's two calls per month with Taylor. Now, Taylor, don't we have some people that take all six, meaning they, they, they want the two with you as well as the four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And so that's an option. If you don't want to have your executive assistant take those calls, you can take them. Obviously, it's designed for your right-hand operations person to to do that one-on-one with Taylor. And how do they find out about that program? Uh, Just reach out to info at GloverU or go to the GloverU website and one of our advocates or myself will reach out to you. Okay, cool. So info at GloverU.com if you are interested in more of the one-on-one personalized approach or just go to GloverU.com and inquire right on there. Everything's on there. All right, Taylor. Well, hey, it's been fun hanging with everybody today. We hope you got some value out of today's session. Our next session is going to be Monday, August the 9th, right back here at 12 o'clock Eastern. Grab your lunch and come join us. We're talking about recruiting training and retaining. We're going to have a high level business conversation for those that are ready to have that conversation. Go to GloverU.com forward slash webinar, the same place you signed up for this. Otherwise, thank you. If we don't see you Monday, thank you for joining us. Take advantage of one of those free resources that we talked at the beginning of today's session. If you're interested in working with, with Taylor, text the word operations to 55444. They'll get you all the info and make it a great Wednesday and a great rest of the week. See you guys. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff and Taylor today on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.